views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm Dr. Friedman. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show, which again is all about empowerment. It's all about making some significant shifts in our life and maybe also shining some light on issues that we think we don't have. But when we look a little bit closer, we realize, oops, yes, there is an issue in my life and I should maybe pay a little attention to that. Ten years ago, I was in New York and I was with my family in a Broadway show. We looked around before the show started and also during the break. And I was amazed, naively me, I was amazed how many people were actually not talking to each other. And instead, looking at the little phones and whatever they had with them and texting and surfing. And so I thought like, wow, this can never happen to me. I think this is really rude. I'm very unhappy to admit that I became one of them at times and that I'm sitting with my family or my friends and I'm pulling out the phone almost like in, I don't know, a hypnotic state and start browsing myself. Why? Because technology has somehow occupied our lives more than we are willing to admit. And somehow the umbilical cord to our devices is stronger than the connection to our family and friends. And and that has downsides to it. Now, the long-term effects, we don't even know. Now, I don't personally think that these technology things make us smarter. But I think short-term, we already know that something happens with our communication skills. There are two issues that I observed, and they are very clear when it comes to us more and more relying on technology to interact with each other. One is this common misunderstanding uh, gap that happens where we are sending something out and we are feeling the other person didn't really get what what we actually meant, or vice versa. Or we are not hearing right away back from the person, so we are feeling, feeling like offended or feeling snubbed. And the reason for that is that these words on a little screen and also these time gaps in between the messages, they really convey only a small portion of what usually communication is supposed to be. 70% of communication or even more, I think researchers still struggle with that, are nonverbal. That means the way you talk, in the tone of voice, the facial expression, eye contact, body posture, All of those things have a lot to do with bringing your message across and making the other person understand you and making you feel understood. And then you can also make adjustments accordingly. But if we are only texting, emailing, Snapchatting, 
that's not going to happen. Now, the other issue is that we are losing our ability, our skills to have face-to-face -face interactions. And we actually avoid them more and more. And the other day, someone told me, oh, do you think I should uh, break up with my girlfriend via WhatsApp or email? I'm kind of thinking more email. It's a little bit more personal than WhatsApp. I mean, yes, this is kind of a joke, but it's real, unfortunately, <laughs> because we are afraid of looking someone in the eyes and bringing words across and probably you're afraid of getting tongue-tied and that intimacy and that closeness and the emotions that someone may have or the emotions we may have and they may be out of our control. And so lo and behold, even though we're way more connected, we are starting to become more and more disconnected. And I think in a world where we cannot look any longer into each other's faces and have a tough conversation, I think in that world, the problems we're already facing becoming bigger and bigger. So to the rescue comes today my very special guest, Susan Steinbrecher, who wrote a fabulous book, which I can highly recommend, which is Meaningful Alignment. She is a mediator, she is a consultant, she is the CEO of Steinbrecher and Associates, but she is also someone who really understood very clearly that our ways of communicating with each other need help, need hands-on advice so that we are able to go through those more difficult conversations with each other, coming out of them feeling actually satisfied, feeling there is a connection and like she said, there is an alignment happening. And so we have a really great show for you with Susan. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for joining this program. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to be with you today. Well, Susan, tell us a little bit about how you even came about writing this book. What's, what brought, prompted you to do that? Well, I think at a macro level, we are, we're all seeing the challenges our society is facing, and we're probably more disconnected than ever. I think many of us are stuck in judgment. Um, we made one of the principles of a first book I wrote called Heart-Centered Leadership. That principle is called Don't Judge or Assume, Instead Come to Understand. We're not doing very much these days, and, and I think it's just creating a lot of isolation and a lot of discord. So just stepping back and observing that, um, that, was, that was the first piece of it. And then secondly, as an executive coach and a leadership consultant and um, learning development person, leadership learning development individual, and our company does a lot of custom design leadership programs uh, for major companies, we were also seeing the patterns amongst our clients. They were really challenged with sitting down and having the kind of transparent, honest, but respectful conversation with a person they need to have the conversation with. And that usually translated both at home and at work. So then that allowed me to kind of step back further and really see the pattern here of people's lives, both personally and professionally. And then Dr. Robert Schaefer on my team, he and I collaborated on this work because we both have a passion for trying to help people have the conversations they need to be having in a way that not only preserves, but hopefully even enhances the relationship by the end of that conversation. So that's how we got started. Came from the heart. And it I'm did. glad that you <laughs> probably could also relate to, you know, in your own environment, challenges that people have uh, with having 
meaningful conversations. So what do you or did you observe in private settings, but also business settings as what people struggle the most with? Yes. I mean, I'd say in private settings, and, and I'll just go from my own experience. I was um, married 25 years and ended up divorcing. Now we're best friends. It was very amiable. $62 each in attorney fees tells you how amiable that was. And we had we're a not having the attorneys, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because the two of us sat down and said, listen, we actually care a lot about each other and respect each other. And there's no reason why we can't sort this out ourselves. So both are very proud of the fact that we put into action, if you will, the meaningful alignment work that came to be. But that was one of those moments where I said, well, how is it possible that I'm, I'm a communications expert or I'm a leadership expert and I can't crack the code on this relationship? Though mm-hmm. so I have a personal uh, motivation as well to do this kind of work because I felt like there were skills that I didn't have that I wished I had more of. And I really saw the need um, per, for people personally, just going through my own kind of experience and, of course, talking to several others. And then seeing specifically in the workplace how many of our clients were having challenges with a peer or at home or their boss. They don't know how to sit down and ask for what they really needed um, or they would avoid it at all costs. Or unfortunately, if they didn't avoid it at all costs, sometimes they plunged in and that didn't go so well. <laughs> so we recognize we need to provide people some skills. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm sure that what you experience personally is exactly what many people also experience in their lives. So what do you think personally was the biggest challenge in your marriage? Was it listening to each other? Was it not communicating at all? What, what would you say? I think having different ways of communicating. I was the one that wanted to talk something through and my ex-husband was more one to shut down. And that was his way of coping as he didn't want to say something he didn't really regret. So he that was the only way he knew how to handle mm. a high stakes kind of a moment or situation. And that was his kind of go-to strategy. And my go-to strategy was, well, we need to sit down and talk this through because we're not going to solve anything if we're not talking. So we just had different strategies to handle it and they were not aligned. And um, it was just one of those things over time, we realized that we're probably better off being separate um, than together. And as I said, we're, we're great friends today. So actually we're both happier. So it worked out, but it definitely taught me a few things and um, realized there were just skills that needed to be developed for lots of us. I mean, this uh, shutting down reminds me of... Uh, you know, one of those survival patterns that we have, which is the avoidance pattern. You know, we right. just feel like, okay, I don't want to be nailed down for something that I'm saying. I don't want to be uh, made feel guilty or wrong. And so I better say nothing and, uh, and disappear. And uh, I can imagine that is something also that you observe at work quite a bit, you know, where people in the work setting are simply shutting down and they are not really willing to express what they are feeling. I had this completely when I was living with a roommate and every Sunday she came back from the weekend and had some kind of a spaghetti party at our kitchen and the whole kitchen looked like a mess after I was scrubbing it all Friday and Saturday. So for months I didn't say anything, mm-hmm. just not wanting to have the conflict. It was a very small apartment. Conflict would have right. felt really bad. Right. <laughs> it erupted. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't the best communication skills to have because when I erupted, she did not understand at all. What are you talking about? Why are you making a big deal out of it? Not mm-hmm. seeing what really led to it. And right. uh, 
And so this is something we want to talk about, these, these emotional resilience and also managing your own emotions and being able to not just come from this anger and frustration place, but really coming more from a calm center place. And how do we do this? So this is something you wrote about your book. And when yes. we come back after the break, we will talk more about this and other things. And if you have any questions, you can use the chat line. You can also message on Facebook and because it's on Facebook Live. And there is a phone number, which I always forget. Carter, can you tell us a phone number again? Yeah, it's 1-800-930-2819. Thank you very much. We will be right back. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Knowledge Book Radio with Marge Potasic has a special gift for everyone out there. To receive three chapters of the Knowledge Book as a special gift, send your email to mmjp99 at gmail.com. That's Amazon Mary, Amazon Mary, JP99 at gmail.com now to receive this fabulous, fabulous gift of the Knowledge Book. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you new to playing with the law of attraction or a seasoned pro looking for an easy and organized way to monitor your co-creation endeavors as you draw them from the immaterial planes into your physical reality? Then join me over at goldenotter.us for bi-monthly new and full moon rituals where we plant seeds of intention, then harvest the fruits of our desires as part of a dynamic community in the members-only Lunar Manifestations Forum. I'm Autumn Seibel, host of Golden Otter Radio, where the metaphysical beats the mainstream, and I can't wait to meet you. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. 
Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. We are talking about meaningful alignment, meaning meaningful conversations. How do we talk with each other, even about tough topics that make us actually rather want to leave the room or not have that talked face-to-face uh, -face talk? But it's necessary. And obviously, it's something that if we don't have these conversations, it's still somehow an unresolved issue that will always hang over us and make us feel somehow bad. Now, before the break, I talked to my guest, Susan Steinbrecher, who is the author of Meaningful Alignment, about handling these uh, emotions that uh, you know can really be in the way at times when we have these conversations. And in the book, she has... Um, Really, it's wonderful how it puts together in the book a lot of teachings in a more, uh, yeah, in a, in a way that it actually is about a protagonist, Carl, who basically has struggles like all of us. And you follow Carl along the way as he's going through some coaching and how he's implementing some of the tools he's learning and the trials and errors and successes he has. And so everything you're learning, you're learning in that narrative. And it's really interesting to read because it's it's fun to look into his life and it's also really educational. So bravo for that, Susan, that you did it this way. But one of the things at the beginning, before we go to this emotional uh, self-regulation, I wanted to ask you about this test, this uh, so, so we just understand a little bit more about our style. So there is an interpersonal dialogue profile test. And right. that's a free test on your site. And uh, tell us about what kind of types of dialoguing <laughs> can we expect? <laughs> what's, what's out there? Right. So when we created the model and these types, if you will, that this is what we found from our research of how people typically behave or show up, if you will, in some of those high stakes, high impact, sometimes emotionally charged type of conversation, We'll have a tendency to default to one primary style, or sometimes there's a couple, and we use all of them at all, you know, for different situations. It's all context dependent, but there will be one or two that we have a tendency to default to. So, one of them we call harmonious, and harmonious is, you know, giving more, caring more about perhaps other versus self. This is mm -hmm. the people pleaser. This is a person who's very concerned. Is this partner happy? Have I done something to disappoint this individual, et cetera? And sometimes in a conflict situation, they're more likely to give in, depending on how high they score. And of course, they'll see that when they get the results. Um, we also have a style called cautious. And this is a person that's kind of holding the cards a little bit close to the vest, not quite ready to share what's going on in their heart. Um, and they have a tendency to hold back a little bit. What are they yes. waiting for? Um, sometimes to see what that person's going to say or do. So it's and more calculating. It's not more yeah, fear-driven, it's more controlling. So, right. They're not so much about, I want to put it all out there. I'm going to like hold back a little bit. I might throw a nugget out here and there, but now I want to see how they respond to that before okay. I throw out the next one. Uh -huh. um, the next one's called directive. And this is just you know someone who typically states how they're feeling. It's important that their needs are met. They come forward and say, this is what I need from you. Um, they're more uh, personally centered versus other centered, if you will. We have one that's called courageous. And this is a person who really falls on the what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong path. 
Um, sometimes it's a black or white thing. It's an integrity issue, uh, that kind of thing. And then mm. we also have one called um, um, direct uh, interdependent. So this is a person who's very much about getting the job done. So they're very diligent in their work, but it's all about preserving and bringing others along as they're getting that job done. So it's a, a more collaborative type of style. And then we actually have a diligent style, which is we're, we're going to work together and we're not going to leave any stone unturned. But that one is not as focused on the relationship as the, um, the interdependent one is. So those are oh. some of the styles that we assess for. So if someone just goes to MeaningfulAlignment.com, they can take the assessment for free and get their report. So when you find out, let's say you have a harmonious style, mm -hmm. I mean, this is not necessarily always a problem. It's just how you Correct. interact. But let's say you notice that, well, I'm really about harmony, so I don't want to bring up tough issues because that may make someone feel uncomfortable right. or that may lead to conflict. Mm -hmm. And so that brings up, a, yeah, an avoidance and maybe an anxiety or something like this. So what would you recommend someone like that? Um, the steps that we're teaching in the book and in our training, so we have workshops around this work as well, one day and two day workshops that gives people the opportunity to actually practice real conversations I know they need to have with somebody um, with the help of a table coach who's providing a lot of feedback as well as other people at the table providing feedback, making sure they get the steps down correctly, et cetera. So we're actually teaching methodology of how to do that. But the skills that we teach are all about how do I gain alignment with, while treating this person with respect and also making sure that I'm meeting what we call their ego needs that need to feel valued, appreciated, cared, listened to, empowered, et cetera, mm -hmm. as well as resolve the particular issue. So we teach two kind of sets of skills that meet both that ego need of the individual as well as the practical need, which is what is the actual problem we're trying to resolve. So we have kind of a roadmap and a step-by-step -step process that we teach people how to use to have those conversations. So you're saying the ego need of the person who's doing the conversation or the person you're talking with? It's both. Um, so when you're trying to facilitate the emotion of the other individual, so technically we all own our own emotion, of course, but we have been in conversations with somebody and sometimes the things that we say or do, or our body language, or our tone of voice speaks louder than our actual words, as you know. And so what's the message that person's getting is that you don't care about me, you don't really have any, you know, you don't respect me, which means now defensiveness goes up. And it's just going to be even more problematic to resolve it. So we teach some skills, we call some emotional management techniques that helps you facilitate the emotion of the person you're in conversation with. So that, that negative emotion, especially if it begins to flare up, they get frustrated or angry or they, they disregard you or whatever those kinds of things may happen, you can start neutralizing that negative emotion to keep them in the game of the conversation. Because to your point, some people will just fail. Right. Um, and that doesn't work either because you don't get anything resolved. So give me one example of such sure. a neutralizer. Yeah, absolutely. So one of those is what we call um, maintaining or enhancing the person's positive self-regard. So this is where we're esteeming the individual, enhancing the esteem if, if appropriate. Um, if, not, if it's not really appropriate to the situation, maybe it's a coaching and counseling type of conversation. This is your third conversation. Let's say it's in a, a boss to an employee. 
Maybe it's not appropriate to enhance a self-esteem, but it's always appropriate to at least maintain it. Mm. So we may say things like, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I know how incredibly busy you are. You come up with great ideas and I really want to put our heads together. So that's showing a lot of respect and value to the individual. And so saying things like that has a tendency to at least maintain their positive self-regard. And what do you do when someone is upset with you? Let's say you are in the middle of a conversation, you have a disagreement, the anger comes up. How do you help this person to tone down the anger? Yeah, the more that you can use these four EMTs, we call them, whether it's positive self-regard, and especially in an anger situation, the thing that typically works best is empathy. Um, Mm. And we mean that an empathetic responding to this individual, and we mean fully being fully present as we're listening to this individual maintaining eye contact, taking notes, showing you're fully engaged and that you truly care what they have to say. And when you are practicing active listening skills, saying things like, please share more. I'm interested in learning more about that. I can see that you're really upset. My intention is not to hurt you. I certainly can feel that you're hurt and I want to work with you and I want to partner with you. I know that this is really challenging and you mean a lot to me. And because you mean a lot to me, I want to work through this with you. So that kind of an example. That sounds fabulous. That sounds really good. But what do you do when it's actually your boss? Yeah, same thing. Actually, same thing. I mean, I've had examples when I was a young manager way back in my career where my boss called me screaming on the phone because there was something with my profit and loss statement that was a mistake. He didn't realize it was a mistake. He thought I just blew it, basically. And Uh he is screaming and yelling at me on the phone. I mean, so much so that I have to take my phone away from my ear. And I knew that if I responded back in same, this was not going to go well. First of all, he's my boss. Number two, you know, I'm going I'm to add more fuel to the fire, which is not going to solve anything. So instead, I empathized with him. And I said, wow, I can tell this is challenging for you. I get it. I would be upset as well. You just came out of a meeting. You were embarrassed. Let me share with you why that number is what that number is and what I'm doing to get it rectified. Well, when I did that, he didn't expect that. He expected me to fight back. He expected me to defend. And it blew the wind out of his sail. There was silence on the phone, (laughs) which now he's feeling bad because he realized I handled him better than he handled me. (laughs) But he did calm down and that's what I needed. And he was like, okay, we'll just take care of it. And of course, the next day he called me and he said, hey, I was out of line. And I respected him for doing that. The power of empathy. It's just wonderful because often I think we are, you know, believing, well, you push, I have to push. You are yelling at me. I have to yell even stronger. So being really compassionate, empathetic, Mm -hmm. someone needs to be also ready to receive it because I know some angry people have a hard time to be seen as, you know, someone who deserves empathy because they misunderstand it as vulnerability and then they don't want to be talked to in this way. But in those cases, maybe it's best to just cool off and walk away for a little bit. And then that's actually back. one of our skills. One of the ones we teach is to delay the conversation. If you know that you are emotionally hijacked and you know you are not in a good place, it is not going to serve you or the other individual to keep in that conversation. Yes. So this is when you just respectfully say, hey, listen you're upset, I'm upset, why don't we both take a step back? I, I have a high uh, regard for you and I really want to come to a solution with you, but I think we're both, if we're both honest, 
we're not in a place to do that today. Let's both cool back, cool off, if you will, and let's reconvene tomorrow because I really want to hear what you have to say. That's no, better than plunging. Totally. <laughs> now, of course, when someone is yelling at you, it also brings up emotions inside of you sure. that you need to handle. So when we come back after the break, we are, of course, tackling how do you regulate your own emotions so that you can be empathetic or calmly just ask for a break. So yes. right back. Great. Buzz for life, buzzed off, feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head-on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com. Are you ready to create a life you'll really love? Then you'll want to tune in to the hit show Life Design Radio from adversity to awesome with Susan DiLorenzo. Live each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. No matter where you are in your adversity story, Life Design Radio has got you covered. Get ready to feel inspired, enlightened, and motivated. For more information about working with Susan, visit SusanDiLorenzo.com. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Dream on, lie high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, visit flyhighliving.com. People often ask, what does it mean to thrive? On Thrive by Gen Radio, it means body confidence, mind fulfillment, and soul synchronicity. Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. 
Before the break, we just talked about someone is yelling at you, someone is upset with you, and what can you do to not make this person even more upset and maybe start something throwing at you, but actually make this person cool a little bit down. And empathy, the power of empathy. Wouldn't it be nice if someone in the White House would learn this too? But it's just something we are, especially right now, really watching Where's who screams louder seems to be more in the right. And that's something we can just on a smaller level, hopefully practice to be just kind, calm, patient, empathetic, and see how this often really diffuses this negativity or walking away. I love that too. Just saying, uh, let's reconvene when we have cooler heads. Now, then, of course, what happens inside of us? I mean, I remember when I got yelled at by, let's say, for example, a friend who was upset with me. In the moment when you get yelled at, you get your defenses up. You feel like, okay, I need to right now do something to either run, fight, freeze, whatever, but I cannot just let this be like that and you know, let it splash off me like water on the uh, back of a duck. So what is it, what you would recommend that people can do just to stay somehow in a safe inner space to not get triggered by someone else's emotions. Yeah, there's there's two things that we say we, we're really approaching this in two ways. One is what I like to think of as the building the resilience for those kind of emotional situations and through mind, body, and spirit. And this is the best way I know how to explain that is, let's say I decide I'm going to get in shape and I go to the gym and I'm going to do curls with dumbbells, you know, for bicep curls or something. I might start with an eight pound dumbbell and then that gets a little bit easier. And then I might move up to a 10, that gets a little bit easier. I might go to a 12, et cetera. So if I have that practice of doing that, when I have to go lift a heavy box, it's relatively effortless for me to lift the box because I've got this reserve of strength I've been building up for. Right. So I like to use that analogy because that it, when you build the strength um, proactively, so through mind, body, and spirit, and what we mean through that is things like meditation, which affect all three domains, by the way, mind, body, and spirit, um, exercise, eating well, sleeping. I mean, it's kind of hard to be patient and tolerant when you're sick and tired. <laughs> you know? So... <laughs> How much sleep are you getting? How healthy is your diet? Are you getting exercise in? Are you doing things that's taking care of self? So -hmm. that's the whole sort of proactive approach. It's not as difficult to hang into a tough conversation when you have the strength to do it built up in advance, right? Right. Then there's this whole other side, which is what do I do when I'm in the moment? I am in the conversation with this individual. I'm feeling myself getting upset. Now what do I do? And we introduce um, four skills. One is we call pause. And it's a little bit of what we talked about before, which is just don't speak. Because if you know what you're going to say is not going to add value to that relationship or solve the issue, it's probably better to not say anything in the moment until you've calmed yourself down enough. Right, right. So we, call, we just say pause, hit the pause button, be silent, Um, so that's one, the second is breathe, right? So of course you're breathing when you're talking to the individual, but the point is to get the attention off of you 
and onto the other individual so that you can take the breath, you can focus on the breath, which gets you out of the head and into the body. Um, and you start focusing on cells. And so that, that's the, the second one we call is, is, is take the deep breath and start focusing on the breath. And the third is to deflect. Deflect the attention off of you and onto them. And of course, by asking questions, we'll do that. Or saying, um, using your empathy, I, I can tell this is really frustrating for you. Would you be willing to share more? So now they're talking. You can be writing and taking notes, which kind of gets the energy out of the body and onto the hand and onto paper. It also shows a positive self-regard for that individual because you're actually writing down what they have to say. They feel right. more listened to as a result of that. And then on top of that, it's allowing you time to take the deep breaths, allowing you time to focus on breath. And so questions really work to allow you that moment to get yourself composed. And then the final one is what we talked about, which is this is when you know nothing's working. You are really triggered emotionally, and that's when you just need to delay the conversation. Now, what I find interesting is, you know, that often <clears throat> these things happen so fast with our emotions that the slowing down, of course, really helps just to say, okay, don't react, respond. Exactly. But what happens inside of us often is also self-talk. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know, this what really undermines this ability to be calm, which is, oh, I take it personally. I did something wrong or mm -hmm. feeling ashamed or anxious. Or, and so would you say that it's helpful before you even have a tough conversation to already be clear on if this happens, this is how I want to think about it or feel about it. So just rehearsing a tough yeah. conversation. Yeah, no, you, you're hitting a really critical point. And in our world, especially our business world today, people are in back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back meetings. There is no time in between that one runs over, they're late for the next, they're running around. Um, and that's this is the worst possible situation for if we're going into a conversation like this, you must prepare. Hmm. And so like when people go through our training classes, we give them the electronic documents where they can actually script out what they're going to say. We recommend that they role play with somebody and say, hey, listen, this is how I think this person's going to react to this. Would you play that part? And let me actually practice using um, things like positive self-regard and empathetic responding and inviting participation, which is another one of the skills that we introduce to help neutralize negative emotion. So, so role-playing, scripting out ahead of time what you're going to say, getting crystal clear on what the purpose of this conversation really is. And I have to tell you, when people go through our training, they think that's easy because the first step in having the conversation is to say the reason I wanted to speak with you today is... If you're not crystal clear on what that is, what the real reason is, not this, I want to tell this person how I feel, and it's not, I want to punish this person for what they did. That's not the real purpose. That may be how they feel, and if they feel that way, they're not ready to have the conversation because all that is going to come out. Instead, it's, I want to gain alignment with this individual. I want, I want to have a supportive, resourceful relationship with this individual. That's the real goal here. Now, if that's my real goal, begin with the end of mind, as Covey would say, then how do I back up and make sure that I have that intention and that spirit through this whole conversation? Right. Um, and even being mindful of things like temperature, room, lighting. Is this person what we call a high sensitive, where they 
you know, you don't sit there and do this in a, in a busy, noisy coffee shop. Like you can't, that's not the place to have a conversation like that. You need to mm. go to a quiet, private spot. Mm. Thinking all of those things through ahead of time are critically important for setting yourself up for success. But then also knowing how do I want to feel? Because, you know, you said, uh, you know, being basically in a place where you are regarding the other person as someone of value, but yes. you have to regard yourself as value as, uh, as someone of value as well. So Absolutely. do you also recommend something for people to be a little bit less affected in regards to taking things personally or taking on guilt or, you know, the wrong responsibilities and feeling ashamed. What do you teach people about that? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I think that's part of the preparation for the, for the individual going into the conversation as well as, you know, a couple of pieces. One would be what we call, what is my 50%? Even if it's 1%, what is my 50%? I mean, what part of this do I have to have accountability and responsibility for mm -hmm. playing a part in this? I have to own some piece of this. And every relationship has, each person has a part. We all like to feel it's all that other person's fault, but it's never all that other person's fault, unless you're into something, you know, obviously seriously clinical or domestic abuse or something like that. That's a whole other situation. But I'm talking less, you know, severe situations. There's always a piece that we typically play that we need to own and take responsibility for. And at the same time, the forgiving of self to, to, to go back to the shaming part, it's you have the best of intentions. Or maybe you had a bad moment. It's forgiving yourself for the fact that, you know what? I had a bad day. I snapped at this individual. I was not who I really want to be that, that day, but I want to own that as well, right? Mm -hmm. I'll take responsibility for the fact that I showed up in a way that's less productive in, in our conversation right. and own that. So it's a, it is part of that preparation ahead of time and making sure that yeah. um, you know that you're as healthy as you can be going into this you're as prepared as possible and so this will go as well as possible well i feel there is something also you know about the anxiety that often people have about let's say losing a job or making a mistake i'm thinking also about a parent you know a parent needs to have a tough conversation with a child that yes. may you know have a drug issue or just, you know, not really do well in school. And so there, these are tough conversations and you, you just feel like, okay, I need to show up how and what's the meaningful alignment with my child so that, it, that I get through to it. And so I'm sure you're teaching those situations as well. And so what would you recommend? Because this is something that happens for many people, especially these days, you know, in in Washington State and other states, uh, you know, now cannabis is legalized. So there is all this kind of conflict with young adults that seem just to experiment and parents that are just throwing their hands in the air and don't really know how to talk to their children anymore. And what would you recommend as a parent who feels scared that the child, you know, will go down the wrong path and still wants to have a meaningful alignment with a child? What are kind of the rules or advises you can give? Well, there's two areas again. One is making sure they're using those for emotional management techniques again, positive self-regard, empathetic responding, you know, actively listening actively and mindfully, like fully present listening, not listening to respond, but listening to understand. <laughs> okay. Right. So right. that and then inviting participation. So we have a tendency. Um, because often if you take the example of a parent with a child that's in fear 
yeah. understandably so, over the health or well-being of their child. Um, so they're coming into the conversation with all this anxiety and fear. So more than likely, we're not really listening <laughs> exactly. to the level that's going to turn the corner with this individual. So um, using those four while we navigate the conversation from beginning to end. So the six-step process starts with the, the reason for the discussion is step one. So being crystal clear, the reason I wanted to sit down and talk with you mm -hmm. is I have noticed that there, I've noticed that you seem to lack some energy lately and enthusiasm for your sport. You right. always, I've always noticed that you loved soccer. And right now it's feeling like you may, the impression I'm getting is you may love that less today. Is that true? That's my observation. Is that true? Mm -hmm. The second step is to talk about the impact of the situation. The reason I wanted to have the conversation with you around this is what I'm seeing the impact of this is X. What do you see as the impact of, on this? Mm -hmm. what, is, what is happening and what is the impact of that? Whatever that is that they tell you is happening. Right. The third step is around trying to understand the cause for it. So can you share with me what's causing this? What's happening with you? How can I best support? And of course, this person will start talking and the more that they reflectively listen and the more that they're empathetic responding and the more that they're using positive self-regard neutralizes all the negative emotion. It's going to take those tools uh, along the way. And it's not one and done either because exactly. when someone's highly anxious or highly frustrated or upset, they don't hear half of what you've said, right? They're operating on a different part of the brain. So yeah. they need to hear that repeatedly. And then the next is to brainstorm possible solutions. And we're always asking them first, what ideas do you have? What do you think is the answer for this? How can I be of support? Here's some ideas that I might have. The next step is the one that's always missed and causes all the problem. And that is we just assume we communicated. You have not communicated unless you know you've communicated. So the fifth step is to summarize what you've agreed to do. So let me check that I've got this right. You're going to do X, Y, and Z. Did I get that right? What did I miss? And that's the part where we think because we've had a talk, we're on the same page, where you're not on the same page. This is where you're going to catch where there was a miscommunication. Um, and if there was a miscommunication, you go back into it. Okay, thank you for letting me know that. I misunderstood that. So I'm going to talk to Mary. You're talking to Bob. Is that how, did right. I get that right? right? Right, that kind of thing. And then the last step is to um, conclude by setting up some kind of a follow-up date. And you want to do that because it shows accountability. Yes. And on top of that, it also allows you to come back in conversation with the person again. If it's working you have a perfect opportunity to thank them, use positive self-regard. You've tackled that issue. I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for working through that with me. I knew you would have excellent ideas. If it's not working, you already have a conversation set up, ready to go to say, hey, we, we brainstormed some solutions. It doesn't feel like some of those ideas are working. What do you think? What else do you think we can do? Kind of go into second conversation. Now, that sounds wonderful when someone is willing to talk, but what do you do when someone is not willing to talk? When they just, well, again, you can't force someone exactly. to do something not ready to do, but if you set the stage by preparing really well in advance, by saying, I honestly, authentically, and transparently want to have a relationship with you, I admit to mistakes I have made in the past, 
and you own your part, your 50% or whatever it is, and say, I really want to collaborate. I want to come together. There's things I know that I've done that have hurt you. There's things perhaps you've done that have hurt me. I want us to be able to come together. Now, they could still say no. What are you going to do? And then you can't do it, right? Right. But I think the more you use my experiences, the more you use those emotional management techniques, empathetic responding, mindful listening, and actively listening, inviting their participation, meaning what ideas do you have, what solutions do you think there are, et cetera. Those kinds of things is what typically calms that negative emotion down. I'm not saying you're going to go from anger to glee, you know, but we're trying to neutralize it enough for them to hang in there with you enough for you to be able to sort it out. Now, I think one of the issues people have is that they have a hard time saying what they need. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what you're teaching. What we just talked about is a lot about how do I, you know, help other people to feel listened to. But if you have a hard time to express your own needs or you don't really know how can I ask for a boundary or for what I really want, what do you suggest for people that feel really tongue-tied? It's mm-hmm. like the harmonious people you talk about sure. that make others more important than themselves. Sure. First of all, practice, practice, practice before the conversation. This is where you need to have a trusted friend or somebody that you could say, hey, listen, this is really scary for me and really hard for me, but I'm, right. I need to muster up my courage to have it. So yeah. would you role play with me? Um, and then practice, I mean, I mean, rehearsal, I mean, the brain doesn't distinguish rehearsal from real. It, it just knows it's done it before. <laughs> so yeah. the more you practice and rehearse, the more you're going to feel confident, competent, and comfortable having the conversation. Without that, you're not going to be, you're probably not going to be ready. So that's number one. Number two, prepare really, really well in advance, as I mentioned. The right time, the right place, the right environment, the right everything that's going to set both of you up for success. In other words, make an appointment. If this is the significant other and say, hey, I really want to sit down and talk with you about something. Um, can we reserve Saturday at two o'clock or something for that? And they'd be like, what is this about? Well, I just want, I want to come to a place of coming to understand how you're feeling about some things and I'd like you to do the same. Would you be willing to do that? And if they go, heck no, I'm not willing to do that. Well, okay. The, you've, you've got to make a decision how much more you're going to invest into this particular relationship. Um, but the, the truth is, if you make the appointment, if you role play and rehearse in advance, and you say things like, I really want to understand your needs, are you willing to also understand mine? Yeah. And again, based on what they say, you're going to know where to go with that. And obviously, if you don't feel you can do that on your, your own, you really need to have somebody who can coach you through that or mediate with you and this individual, whether that be a therapist, a mediator, or somebody that can actually be there to help support both parties. Neutral. And I believe it has really a lot to do with also your, your inner relationship with yourself, your self-esteem, your confidence, Absolutely. a lot of the beliefs we are carrying. So sure. that all comes through in communication and our styles. But I love, because I feel what you're saying is also that if you learn how to communicate, Some of that, what you may have not been able to do in the past based on insecurities can also shift because you see, I can make a difference. I have a voice. I can actually deal with an angry person without crumbling on the floor. So that kind of just having hands-on tools and techniques can also do 
a lot of good in regards to how you relate to yourself and how you feel like you can navigate through life. And so it's a, right. a healing in itself. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's why we did this work because we knew people didn't have the tools or techniques. They're like, I know I need to have a conversation, but I don't know how to have the conversation. Right. I don't even know where to start. Yes. It's just why we literally have a six step process and we always recommend practice rehearsal, role play, anything prior to having the role conversation. So what would you suggest about this whole technology issue we talked about where we just avoid a phone call, where we avoid a face-to-face, get together, and what's your recommendation? Shall we just get rid of our devices? Shall we limit the use? What's the best way? I think some ground rules or code of conduct is really really matters, and I think a family may have to make that determination if it's a family situation that you're referring to. Um, just to say, okay, so we, we have a rule that when we have dinner, phones are off. They're put right. in a basket. They're not at the table. Um, when I coach clients, a lot of times I've said to some of my coaching clients, listen, you know, you need a date night with your spouse. So even if it's the first Friday of every month, it is a set date on the calendar that does not get moved unless it's really, you know, a crisis situation. Then you both look forward to that date night. And when you're on that date, the phone is off. I mean, what can honestly happen that you have control over, that you have control over? Even if somebody died in your family, you don't have control over that. There's nothing you're going to be able to do to change that situation during that two-hour dinner. Or we take this, it gets so out of perspective where we feel like because we can be available 24-7, we should be. No, <laughs> just because we can be doesn't mean we should be. And this is where we also communicate to bosses or other people. Um, this is my particular home situation. Please be aware that after this hour, my phone is turned off. If it's really emergency, I'm going to ask you to do A, B, or C. Um, but I am not likely to respond at that time. And please, if it is an emergency, would you please give me that indication when you send that email? Absolutely. Great mm -hmm. boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, what happens when we have those boundaries that we also naturally talk more. I mean, yes. It's uh, just one of those things where because there may be no screen on, nothing to distract you from your family, you may actually have conversations again and see the value in the conversations and exactly. see that you can you actually connect. Hurt. Yeah, connect and be understood. Now, how can people find out more about you, buy the book, get into your classes? What do they do? Yeah, the first thing is to go, easiest would be to go to MeaningfulAlignment.com, our website, MeaningfulAlignment.com. Obviously, there's Steinbrucker.com, but MeaningfulAlignment.com is probably the easiest way. We really, we, we encourage everyone to take the assessment. It's free. Um, they'll be given an invitation to, to uh, print off their own report. They'll have a chance to take a look at that. And then in, in, on the website, it does give information about our workshop and other things that we're doing around this work. But certainly inquire. There's an um, email that they can send us or call us, and we'll be happy to inform them of what workshops might be coming up, et cetera. And the workshops are not only for business people. They can also work on personal and Absolutely. You know, in fact, in a lot of times in our training classes, we have people, when we ask them to practice a real conversation they know right now they need to have with somebody, yeah. we give them the option to pick anyone they want. And I will tell you over 50% pick a personal relationship. I bet. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> is there any message you want to leave the listener with that we can just take home with us? Yeah, I just feel that we're so disconnected these days. Um, I think these are tools to help people bridge the social divide. And we feel that we will bridge that social divide and heal that social divide one conversation at a time. But it will take the conversation and the willingness to have it. And we know that that is not easy for most people. And most people really lack the skill. And that was the whole point of putting the book out. So through our main character, Carl, you can go through the day in the life and get all the training through the book, through the interactions he's having with the coaches is where the training takes place, as well as a wise elder, men, elder mentor who's teaching Carl how to handle his life better. <laughs> so the book is also chock full of information for people. As well. Oh, absolutely. It's fabulous. It's fun Thank and you. definitely very relatable. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Susan. This was fabulous information. I really feel, yeah, I learn a lot. I think the listeners got a lot out of it and we are all motivated to put our phones into a basket and have a conversation and <laughs> thank you so more much. date nights. So <laughs> thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> well, this was it uh, from Empowerment Radio. We will talk again next Thursday. Until then, just keep on talking and look for the connections that are available to you. Goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.